Are you familiar with the phrase, one bad apple spoils the whole barrel? Hi, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Organization Business Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Pedetti. Now, in today's episode, we delve into a workplace nightmare many of us have experienced, hiring the wrong person. Well, my guest today is Francisca Isley, a marketing and brand strategist, founder of Basic Bananas and Ocean Lovers, mentor, author, and global speaker on brand strategy, courage, and impactful business. Today, Francisca shares how she struggled at letting go of bad stuff and how she finally found ways to hire better and fire better too. Join us as we examine the reasons behind the tendency to keep the wrong person employed longer than we should, how to identify early warning signs, initiate open and honest conversations, and ultimately make the tough decisions required to maintain a positive work environment for your business. Please join me in welcoming Francisca. Hi, Francisca. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lynn. It's always a pleasure to see your smiley face. And thank you for introducing me to EO. I still remember that lunch that you took me to, and it really gave me that little inside peek into what EO was all about. Well, I'm glad you finally joined because you bring a lot of energy to our events, which is awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, before we get started to talk about one of your biggest challenges around people, let's share with a little bit with the audience about how you got started with your first business and even your second business around the whole e-commerce space. Yeah. So the the very first business I started in 2008 and that actually, I wouldn't say it didn't succeed. It just then got renamed into something else. So the very first business after I worked in advertising was a communication agency. So I was training people on how to communicate better. And I got flown into different states in, in Australia. And I was really young to help people with communication. And I remember, I, mean, I have to tell this story because this is a funny story. This is me at the beginning, no idea about running a business. I knew marketing, communication, but no idea about running a business. I got invited to run communication workshop in Perth, Western Australia. I'm, from, I'm living in Sydney, born in Switzerland. And they asked me how much it cost. And I charged them, including flights, 2000 Australian dollars to fly across the country, which is already probably $500 at least. Had to pay for a hotel, did a session for them, half day session. And I probably walked away with nothing. So that was my very first business. But then the, the year after that became, I realized that most people came to me for marketing support and even small businesses because my background is in marketing advertising mm -hmm. and so which is part of communication so we then renamed the business from global beat to basic bananas in 2009 and that's still now happening and i'm still working with basic bananas and we do marketing mentoring for small business owners we've been doing that Love. for 14 years now 2016 i started a business called ocean lovers and it started without a product it started just with a purpose and the purpose was to inspire and motivate people to celebrate and protect our ocean. That was just a vision that I had while I was sitting in the ocean on my surfboard. And then maybe a year later, we had our first product, which was surf suits made from recycled materials. And now the next sort of iteration is actually to leverage, which you would love to, to leverage Web3 technologies. And I'm partnering with one of our EO buddies too, Elisa Andrews here on doing an Ocean Lovers DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization to again help us harness the power of the collective to make an impact when it comes to ocean conservation. 
Wow, that sounds so exciting. Oh my God, I'm so excited to see your journey. And not to mention you're giving birth, you've got two kids and you're currently not in Sydney. So I'd love to hear a little bit of your insight into, you know, I guess your lifestyle and and how do you manage to kind of design your business around the fact that you can travel and kind of start multiple businesses and have a good life? Yeah, you know, and I love that you asked this question and, and we're talking to EO here, we keep saying so real. And from the outside, it always definitely looks amazing. So I've done, and, and it is amazing. I've done lots of, of travels in my entire adult life. I always just, I just loved traveling and exploring and meeting people and different cultures, different languages and history and art. And so when I started my first business in 2009, when I had my job in advertising, I was very, very stuck in Sydney because I only got four weeks holidays. And so when I started my first business, I thought, mm, I need to design it in a way that it allows me to travel because also most of my blood family are in Switzerland still. And so I designed the business around that whole purpose. And, and that was pretty easy because I was married, didn't have kids. So pretty easy. Now that I have a daughter and another one <laughs> coming, it's slightly, the, the logistics are slightly more difficult. So, so just before I had my first daughter. And you would know this too, you know, you, you're such a super mama and I get very <laughs> by your parenting uh, strategies too. We've had lots of conversations. Before I had my first daughter, I decided to do a motorbike journey around the world, which was also difficult, very difficult, but really doable. And now I'm in Croatia, as we're speaking, I'm doing two months through Europe with my daughter, a nanny, an au pair, and two of my best girlfriends. So I literally... I just get up super early, usually, you know, four or five o'clock and work in the mornings until maybe midday or so on most days, but it looks easier than it is mm. because I don't sleep enough. You can maybe see, <laughs> I definitely have more wrinkles. I said, my partner didn't come. My partner was meant to come and then he got stuck. Tom, you know, Tom, he got, he had to stay in Sydney for work. I'm like, I'm still going. But I spoke to him the other day, I said, I definitely have more wrinkles just from not sleeping enough. And the way that we're traveling this time is not the way that I would probably recommend with a family, with kids, because we're moving a lot. We're, we're mm-hmm. staying in a place for two days. We drive. Basically, what I did is I drove on my own with my daughter through Italy, from Switzerland, and then took a ferry to Greece and then met mm-hmm. my friend, my nanny. And now we're driving through Greece, Albania, Albania, Montenegro, Croatia, and then I'm going to go back up into Switzerland. So it's a lot of moving. So it's it's not always easy, but how how do we do it? So I think with any business that, that I started, it was always had to be run in a way that allows me this freedom to work from anywhere. And I think when you have your second child, it's going to be a lot harder, but I know that your attitude is always got to give it a go, right? And I think, you know, you just inspire us that you can have it all. You just do it. It is hard, but you can manage it all. So now let's talk about the fact that because you're traveling, yes, you can design that business, but what really takes it to run is staffing. So tell us, what has been one of your, you know, memorable experience around hiring that you faced and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I would say I, I definitely think team is so important. And again, when you first start a business, in my own experience, I didn't really know too much about managing a team. And so definitely had my hardest and my best lessons were always team related. And so, you know, specifically, I would say my biggest failure, which is the biggest learning in the beginning was hiring some people, not too many, but some people that were not good for the culture. And I put sort of, you know, when I was thinking about this challenge just before we started talking, I thought I want to share. 
something super duper useful. And I've heard this somewhere and I don't remember who shared this. It's sort of, you know, it probably spoken by, by a few people in this leadership space, but there are sort of four types of team members that we can hire, that we shouldn't hire some of them. And it all comes back to values alignment. So we can either have someone that is not aligned to our values and they're really good at their job. They're almost the worst because you, you want to hire them. And that's what I did. You want to hire them because they're really good at their job, but they don't fit into your value system. That, so what my specific example would be someone I hired years ago, maybe 10 years ago, she was really good at her job. I hired her to manage our agency. We used to have an agency, a branding agency, and she was really good at her job, but not values aligned. So not very optimistic, not very playful. And she only lasted maybe a year or two, but the damage that happened in that year or two with my team was mm. so big. I even want to come into my office anymore. I would want to avoid my office because it was just the, the vibe in there was so different. So that's the worst almost, but because it's the sneakiest, because you think that they're great, but they're not really values aligned. The second one is just easy to not hire that they're not aligned and they're not good at the work. They don't have the experience. Easy. Don't really hide. Then we have, which is one of my favorite types to hire. We have the ones that are aligned and then maybe not quite at the level yet, but they are really open-minded to be trained. And I would say one of my all-time best team members, she left after 10 years last year because she moved out of Sydney, but I'm actually working with her again in a few weeks on a freelance basis. She's, she was my best. She started super young. I can name her to Aga because she knows. <laughs> she, she was super young. She didn't have a lot of experience in marketing, but just so aligned with our values and such a good heart and just so, so caring. She really, she really ran the business at the end, like it's her own. And she was very trainable. So the, that was one of the best. And then the other best one, of course, is when they're aligned and they're also really good at what they do. Mm, yeah. And I think the biggest mistakes that I've made is when I've hired someone and I've done it maybe twice or so, when they're not really aligned and you kind of know that they're not so aligned with your culture and your values, but they're good at what they do and they, they do want the job. Yeah. So why did it take so long for you to take action and what finally got you to go, this is it, can't keep doing this anymore. I'm really bad at letting people go. I'm getting better after, you know, 10 years of, of running my business, but I'm so bad. I tell you like a really embarrassing story. I had one guy, he was so lovely, Omar, this is years ago, and he was just such a nice guy and he was so incapable. He actually was aligned, but he was also not very trainable. He just wasn't the, the right person. For the job, I shouldn't say incapable, just not very, not at all the perfect person for the job that I had for him. Hired him, and then I knew I, I, it's not working. It's not even working for him. And I, and I had to have the conversation, and I was in tears, you know, talking to him. I said, "I'm really sorry, but this is not really working. I used to be the worst, and I'm still not that good, but I'm getting way better. But mm -hmm. I used to be worst in letting people go, so that's why I probably failed." Yeah. So when you say worse, like what the reasons why that you're fearing it and that's making you so anxious about letting people go? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's just hurting, you know, people's feelings. And I shared a story the other day that I'd love to share here. It's a metaphor. So it's probably for me why I wouldn't let them go. It's probably just, well, first of all, it's avoidance. I'm, a, I'm probably a bit of an avoidant person in relationships. Again, I have the awareness now so I can improve on that too. And I don't have to be avoidant, but... I'm probably a bit more on the avoidant side, so I would probably avoid conflict a mm -hmm. bit more. 
that was probably one trigger and maybe just a bit you know feeling for them like I feel sad for them I shared this really cool metaphor that I'd like to share here with with you and, and our listeners that I shared when I was talking at the GLC in a, in a keynote I did and it, and one of the members who joined us at the GLC he contacted me after he said hey I just used this metaphor to let go of one of my team members and to help them so here here it goes so once upon a time there was a farmer this farmer had a horse that was amazing. One day the horse ran away. And so the village came to this farmer and said, oh my God, that's so, that's so sad. I'm really sorry to hear. The farmer said, it's okay. I don't know if it's good or bad. It just is. The next day, this horse came back with another really cool wild horse, like a really good horse. So suddenly he had two horses and the village came again and they said, hey, you're so lucky. You just got an extra horse. That's so lucky. And the farmer said, yeah, maybe. Then his son tries to ride this new horse and train it. And he falls down, breaks his leg. So the village comes again and says, oh, I'm so sorry, your son, he's hurt. You know, it's really bad luck. Farmer says, maybe the next day the army comes into the village and recruits all the guys to go to war. But they couldn't obviously take his son because he had a broken mm. leg. Again, the village comes and says, you're so lucky. And he can go on and on and on. The, the point of the story is that we can use this metaphor to help ourselves and our team, if we have to have difficult conversations, to understand that sometimes the bad things are good. Maybe you losing this job or leaving this job is a good thing because maybe something way better yes. come along. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And so th do you use that now to kind of feel better about it and go, hey, you know, maybe you're not comfortable. I'm not comfortable in this position. But, you know, now you're giving them that kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And so you feel like you're giving them a gift. Yeah. Seriously, I, I had two team members we closed down our agency site. So with basic balance, we do a lot of advisory, mentoring and training for small business owners to help them with marketing, a lot of strategy. And we used to have heart of the business, which was more implementation in terms of, of development, branding, you know, you know what our business really well. And I shut that down at the beginning of this year, very difficult decision, but just given where we're moving with AI and just, I could just see this is not, this is not heading in the right direction, the way that we were running it. So I had to let two people go and shut down some of the services. And those were two of my good friends mm. that had, and I exactly used that metaphor. I said, I have a feeling that this is a blessing. I know yeah. right now it's really horrible. And it was, we all cried <laughs> again, yeah. also because we've been working together for 10 years and, you know, it was really, really sad, but I said, this is a blessing. Trust me. And one of them already can see the blessing. She's got a fantastic job in a really, really cool agency. And she's thriving. The other one, not just yet. The blessing hasn't shown up yet, but it is definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is just a really sad situation because it's not that they were bad performers. You just really didn't have a position for them anymore. So that would have been quite hard. But I love that you've got that metaphor that I can now utilize as well for people. So I guess going back into how can we avoid, you know, hiring people like the ones you've hired 10 years ago? Like, do you have some sort of, you know, process and kind of, you know, ways that you go about now to avoid. I know it's never perfect. You know, hiring people is always a guessing game sometimes, but there are definitely ways to reduce it. So what do you do nowadays or recently around recruitment? Yeah, really good question. And this is something I'm pretty sure I learned this at EMP, which is an EO program in Boston, Entrepreneurial Masters program, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure we had a speaker there that taught us this method of hiring people based on values. So a lot of the questions that we ask now in the interviews are based around our values. So one of our values is to make a positive impact for our members. It's also one of my personal values, one of my biggest ones. 
And so we would ask the question, for example, someone is sitting here and I would say, hey, hey, Stephanie, when is the last time you made a positive impact? Or you, when was the last time you did something nice for mm -hmm. someone? If Stephanie says, I don't really do nice things, I don't believe in making a positive yeah. impact, then I already know. I know, okay, one of our really big values is not going to match with that person. Mm -hmm. So we, we have five values and we ask questions based on these values. And then we can see very quickly, again, on those four types of people we can hire that I mentioned in the beginning, if already, if they're not aligned, two out of the four types, if they're not aligned, we don't hire them. If we can see, yeah, they have actually, they have a good heart. They want to make an impact. They enjoy playfulness and they, they believe in our vision of the business at the experience. Can we maybe train them? Then that's definitely also higher. So basically it goes back to what I mentioned in the beginning with the four types of people that you can hire. If they're not aligned with your values, it's definitely a big no. If they are aligned with your values, then the question is, okay, did they have the experience? Then fantastic. Do they not have the experience, but are they trainable? Then also a hire. Yeah, yeah. So is there any method do you go through now to, like, let's just say you do hire and they are not as good as you thought they are. Do you have some sort of process now to, you know, make sure that you fire them faster or just, yeah, any ways that you've learned now from your past experience? Yeah, I probably don't have a process, it, but but I'm quicker. Uh, but I'm also a bit quicker at being firm, but kind. In the past, I used to just be only, you know, maybe kind, but not so firm. Now it's more firm, but kind. So a recent example, after COVID, it was a difficult time for all of us and for our business too, it wasn't easy. And everyone just started to get a bit tired and, and you know, so, same, same for myself. And I definitely had a few team members that also got maybe a little bit complacent. There was a bit less, I feel like they, just some got a bit complacent. They've been with us for years, eight years or so. And so again, I, in the past, I probably would have just gone, oh, it's okay, you know, we'll just keep rocking. And now because of my lessons over the last years, I had a conversation with, with pretty much the whole team and it was very firm, but very kind. I, I basically said, and this was recently even, this is just a few months ago, I said, hey, we are re-evaluating the whole entire structure of the entire business, every team member. We're scaling again. We're in a scaling phase again. We, we were scaling before COVID, then we got diminished. And now we're building again. We're in this phase of scaling again. So we need to make sure we have the right people on the bus. Mm -hmm. And I was very open about it. I said, if you don't feel like you want to be on this bus. If you don't feel like you're engaged or you're not motivated anymore, please do let me know too, because we can help you find different positions somewhere else. We can hook yeah. you up. Some, and it was just this open conversation. In the past, I would have said, oh, no, don't worry about it. You know, you'll be fine. Now it's like, hey, if you want it, you're going to step up. And if you don't want it, we can help you find something else. And one of the things that I recently implemented is because our team is very virtual now, similar to yours too. We used to all be in an office since COVID. Ah, yeah. So normal office, that office that I yeah. came to. Yeah. We still have it. We oh, still yeah, have yeah. it. Yeah. It's all, there's not many people there. Mm. Yeah, it's not much used to be, but we still have, we still still have it. Yeah. It's still there and it's our studio still. We go and do our sessions from there and meetings and things. But because our team is now more virtual, 80% virtual, I would say. Well, and with the daily huddles, the daily huddles, we used to be able to do it face-to-face -face in person. Mm. Now we just used, we use Google chat. We used to use Slack. They're all great communication channels. So only just recently I implemented a, a quick daily huddle on the chat, but because we have different time zones, again, it's difficult to meet. Mm. And I said, hey, 
every single person, just pop in your number one focus for the day. Just one focus. We might say Monday focus is I we need to create some marketing funnels, for example. And that's it. And I feel like since we've done that, people are a bit more engaged again and also more focused. It's not just, yeah, we're just doing emails and admin. We're working on essential stuff that moves the needle. So that's been a really, really yeah. good lately. Yeah, yeah. I definitely do the same as well. I get everyone to fill out like an Excel spreadsheet, like a weekly huddle sheet, you know, just so I can see everyone's goal for the week and etc. Because it just feels like as a leader, you want to see transparency because you have too many team members. You actually don't know what they're actually working on or they're reporting to other people. The other point that you made around the who wants to go on the bus, it reminded me of someone that I know of that actually gave money away and said, who here wants to stay or else you can go and he's $5,000 and they he really got to know who actually really wanted to be there or not. Yeah, I think Sapos does that too. You know, the shoe yeah. company? Yeah, yeah, so maybe the, the owner that I know of read the book Zappo. Actually, it, it was a book that he gave me, so he must have learned it from the Zappo book. But that's all right. Well, actually, talking about books, do you have any recent books or books around leadership or people that, that you recommend that has really helped you? Most recentest book that I'm listening to on Audible is the Joe Dispenza one, Becoming Super Natural, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. So my recent, it's not, it's not really business related, but it's so business related. My, my recent obsession, recent, the last few years, is understanding and working on, and this can go maybe a little bit too fluffy here, but understanding and, and, and working on frequency and our electromagnetic field, which Jody Spencer is a big, big believer in. So it's basically all about neuroscience. So understanding neuroscience, I'm reading a lot on, on that at the moment, and how we can up-level our frequencies order to show up as better humans in order to have beautiful magnetic field around us. I can see the, you know, I've, I guess I've all my life from traveling and you, everyone here that listens to this know, you know, when you're, when you're anywhere, you, can, you there's people that walk into the room and you can feel this energy and then other people you come across, you're like, oh, not sure. And it's, yeah, it's all about frequency. Yeah, definitely. I have to tell you one more funny thing. I don't really watch my daughter. She's only two and she doesn't watch stuff yet. She's not interested. And I'm kind of glad I don't. I don't give her stuff to watch on YouTube or whatever, even traveling. She's not interested, luckily, yet. It might come. But we had some rainy days in Italy, just her and I, sitting inside, you know, going out, getting wet, and then coming in. And I started watching because I, I don't really want to watch kids' shows. Yeah. So I started watching these YouTube clips about animal communication. So some, especially one woman that is able to talk to animals telepathically. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not BS. It, you see the mm-hmm. impact has on these sometimes you know really disturbed animals and it's all about frequency so i'm only bringing this up she's talking about frequency and if we if we can up level our frequency which is back to the book joe dispensa stuff and there's other books like that we are able to just tap into more of these of this knowledge the any i totally love that too is that all around quantum physics stuff right like vibration frequency oh yeah that's definitely my cup of tea Well, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all those tips. Well, as we're coming to a close, I would love to ask you the question that I normally ask all my guests is, ultimately, what do you want the world to remember you for? You know, one of my biggest values in my own life and and also in every business that I run, there's always the one constant value in its ripple effect. So making a positive impact and creating ripple effects or dropping one pebble in the water and then it creates positive ripple effects. And I would love to be remembered as somebody who was able to create positive ripple effect by 
leaving everyone and everything better off, slightly better off than, than I found it. Ah, uh, lovely. And it's got the same metaphor as ocean, right? Ripple effect, like the ocean. <laughs> Thank it's you so much for your time here today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for asking such great questions. No worries. And I'll leave all your details in the description below for our clients to or our audience to connect with you. So thank you. See you soon.